GCSE Biology Audio, Cells and Microscopes by kscience.com. Both animal cells and plant cells have a cell membrane which controls what enters and exits the cell. Both animal and plant cells have ribosomes which produce proteins. Protein synthesis is another way of saying, producing proteins. Both animal and plant cells have mitochondria which release energy during respiration. Both animal and plant cells have a cytoplasm which is a gel-like substance where cell reactions take place. Both animal and plant cells are eukaryotic cells, so they have a nucleus. The nucleus stores DNA and controls the activities of the cell. Plant cells have a cell wall, which strengthen and support the cell, as well as protecting the cell. Plant cells have a permanent vacuole which stores sap. Plant cells have chloroplasts, which are the site of photosynthesis. Bacteria don't have a nucleus. They have chromosomal DNA and plasmid DNA instead. Bacteria have a flagellum so they can move. Bacteria have ribosomes that produce proteins. Bacteria have a cell membrane that controls what goes in and out of the cell. They have a cell wall that protects and strengthens the cell. They don't have mitochondria, which releases energy. Sperm cells have a tail, flagellum, so they can move to the egg. Sperm cells have many mitochondria that release energy, so the sperm can move faster to the egg. Sperm cells have an acrosome that contains enzymes that break down part of the egg's membrane so the sperm can enter the egg. Light microscopes have a lower magnification and resolution than electron microscopes. Light microscopes use light, whereas electron microscopes fire electrons at samples. Electron microscopes have a higher magnification and resolution than light microscopes. You can only see larger subcellular structures when using a light microscope, whereas you can see the internal structures of organelles if you use an electron microscope. The samples for an electron microscope are dead, whereas you can use living samples on a light microscope. To use a microscope you firstly prepare the slide. You place the specimen on the slide. If it is a plant specimen, you use the stain iodine. This stain makes the cells visible. Without this stain you would not be able to see the specimen. You then place a coverslip over the specimen. The coverslip keeps the specimen flat and holds it in place. You start off with the lowest objective lens. You use the focusing wheel to focus the image. You change the objective lens to a higher magnification to increase the size of the image, and you then use the focusing wheel to focus the image. GCSE Biology Audio Cell Transport by kscience.com Living organisms require substance such as oxygen, glucose and ions. The move by the three transport processes, diffusion, active transport and osmosis. Diffusion is the movement of particles from a high to low concentration. If particles in a gas are in a high concentration, the gas particles will spread out from a high to low concentration. A partially permeable membrane is a membrane whereby some and not all particles can diffuse through the membrane. Osmosis is the movement of water, from a high to low concentration, through a partially permeable membrane. A partially permeable means that it can let some substances through and not allow other substances through. Active transport is the movement of particles from a low to high concentration through a protein carrier molecule, and it requires energy. It transports particles against the concentration gradient. If a viscous tube containing a solution is 10% salt solution, then it will be 90% water. The viscous tube is in the beaker containing 15% salt solution, so there will be 85% water. There is a higher water concentration in the viscous tube, so water will move into the solution in the beaker from the viscous tube by osmosis, from a high concentration of water to a low concentration of water. After some time, the viscous tube A will appear smaller. 
In the practical when investigating osmosis in potatoes, the independent variable is what we change, so it is the sugar concentration. The dependent variable is what we measure, and it was the percentage change in mass. Control variables are variable we keep the same, and an example is the volume of sugar solution. You firstly measure the initial mass of the potato cylinder, then place it in the sugar solution for a set time. You then remove the cylinder from the sugar solution and measure the final mass. To calculate the percentage change in mass you do sad face, final mass, initial mass, equals initial mass multiplied by 100. You repeat this process with the same volume of potato cylinder at other sugar concentrations. You plot a graph of percentage change in mass versus sugar concentration. The x-intercept is the sugar concentration inside the potato. To calculate the surface area of a cube you would calculate the surface area of one face and multiply that surface area by 6. To calculate the surface area of a cuboid you calculate the surface area of each face and then add them together. The unit for surface area can be m squared, cm squared, mm squared, um squared. To calculate the volume of a cube or cuboid you multiply length x width x height. The unit for volume can be m cubed, cm cubed, mm cubed, um cubed. To simplify the surface area to volume ratio you divide both the surface area and volume by the volume. In larger organisms like humans that have a smaller surface area to volume ratio oxygen can't diffuse from the atmosphere through the skin into our cells. So we have lungs that contain air sacs called alveoli, which have a large surface area, a one-cell thick wall, and a large blood supply. Unicellular organisms or worms can exchange gases through their skin or cell membrane, because they have a large surface area to volume ratio. A cell's surface area is large enough to supply the volume of the cell with enough substances. Some organisms have villi that line the small intestine. Villi increase the rate of diffusion of substances because they have a large surface area, a one-cell thick wall, and a large blood supply, and large surface area to volume ratio. The following content is for AQA students only. The villi are folds in the lining of organs like the small intestine. The villi increases the surface area of the small intestine. The folds only the villi are called microvilli. These smaller folds increase the surface area even more. By increasing the surface area of the lining of the small intestine will increase the rate of absorption of nutrients into the blood. The villi have a thin cell membrane. This is to increase the rate of absorption of nutrients into the blood. Capillaries provide a good blood supply in the villi so that nutrients can be carried away more quickly, so that more food can be absorbed. The gas exchange surface in fish are called gills. Oxygen diffuses from the water into the blood and carbon dioxide diffuses from the blood and into the water. Gill filaments are thin plates that make up the gills. Gill filaments have a large surface area to increase the rate of diffusion. The gill filaments are covered in lamellae, they have a large surface area. They have lots of blood capillaries, and a thin surface layer of cells. These adaptations increase the rate of diffusion of the gases oxygen and carbon dioxide. Blood flows through the lamellae in one direction and water flows over it in the opposite direction. The blood and water flow in opposite directions to one another. This maintains a large concentration gradient between the water and the blood. The carbon dioxide concentration is always higher in the blood than the water, and the oxygen concentration is always higher in the water than the blood. If oxygen is always in a higher concentration in the water, it will always diffuse from the water and into the blood. Whereas if the carbon dioxide concentration is always lower in the water, carbon dioxide will always diffuse from the blood and out into the water. GCSE Biology Audio, Enzymes by kscience.com
In the lock and key theory the enzyme is the lock and the substrate is the key. Enzymes are biological catalysts, which mean they speed up the rate of reactions in our body. Enzymes can break down larger molecules in smaller molecules, or build larger molecules from smaller molecules. To break down a substrate into products, the substrate must bind the active site of the enzyme. The active site of the enzyme and the substrate are specific to one another, so only one substrate can bind one enzyme. When the enzyme and substrate bind, this is called the enzyme-substrate complex. The enzyme will then break the substrate down into products. The enzyme is not used up in the reaction, and it is used again. The substrate starch binds the specific active site of the enzyme amylase. Amylase breaks down starch into the product glucose. The substrate protein binds the specific active site of the enzyme protease. Protease breaks down protein into the product amino acids. The substrate lipids, fats, binds the specific active site of the enzyme lipase. Lipase breaks down lipids into the product fatty acids and glycerol. When the active site of an enzyme changes shape, it is called denaturing. When an enzyme denatures, the active site of the enzyme changes shape. When an enzyme denatures, the substrate can no longer bind the active site of the enzyme. If less substrate binds the active site of the enzyme, less products will be formed by the enzyme. An enzyme is a biological catalyst, which speeds up the rate of reaction. The optimum temperature is the temperature where the enzyme's rate of reaction is at its highest. If you increase the temperature above the optimum temperature, the enzyme's active site will denature. This means the enzyme's active site changes shape. The substrate can no longer bind the active site of the denatured enzyme, so the rate of reaction decreases. If you decrease the temperature below the optimum temperature, the enzyme's active site doesn't denature, but the kinetic energy stored in the enzyme and substrate decreases. This means they are moving more slowly, so there are fewer collisions between the enzyme and substrate, therefore there is less product being formed, as the rate of reaction decreases. To break down a substrate into products, the substrate must bind the active site of the enzyme. The active site of the enzyme and the substrate are specific to one another, so only one substrate can bind one enzyme. The enzyme will then break the substrate down into products. The optimum pH is the pH where the enzyme's rate of reaction is at its highest. If you increase the pH above or below the optimum pH, the enzyme's active site will denature. This means the enzyme's active site changes shape. The substrate can no longer bind the active site of the denatured enzyme, so the rate of reaction decreases. When increasing the substrate concentration, the rate of an enzyme-controlled reaction increases if there are free active sites of enzyme. More substrates will bind to more active sites, forming more enzyme-substrate complexes. However, the rate of reaction will stop increasing and remain constant if all the enzyme's active sites are filled. No more substrates can bind to active sites as they are all full. To calculate the rate of an enzyme reaction where all you have is the time taken for the enzyme to completely turn the substrate into product, you use the formula 1000 divided by time or 1 divided by time depending on the size of numbers you are using. To calculate the rate of an enzyme that takes 50 seconds to completely break down substrate into product, you do the calculation 1 divided by 50 seconds which gives you 0.02 seconds. If you use 1000 divided by T, the rate you would calculate would be 20 seconds. In the amylase and starch experiment, the independent variable is what we change, which is the pH. The dependent variable is what we measure, which is the time taken for starch to be fully broken down. Control variables are variable we keep the same, and an example is the volume of pH buffer solution.
You firstly add a set volume of amylase into a measuring cylinder and mix it with a set volume of pH buffer solution. You then add one drop of iodine to every well on a plate of wells. You then mix the amylase pH buffer solution to the starch and press start on your timer. You add a drop of the amylase pH buffer starch solution and iodine well every 20 seconds. If the iodine turns, blue starch is still present and hasn't been fully broken down. If iodine remains orange, the starch has been fully broken down. If the iodine always changes color to blue, the amylase will have denatured at that pH. The optimum pH is the pH where starch is broken down the in the fastest time. GCSE Biology Audio, Cell Division and Growth by kscience.com A person's genome is all their genetic material. A person's genome is found in every nucleus of every cell. The genome is contained within the DNA of the chromosomes in a person's nucleus. DNA is wrapped up tightly to form chromosomes. Genes are lengths of DNA that code for proteins. Our proteins make us look the way we do. If a gene is faulty, it is because there is a mutation in the DNA. A mutated gene will code for a protein that might not work properly. Faulty proteins can lead to diseases. In cell division, during the first stage of cell cycle, the cells grow bigger, the DNA replicates, and the numbers of ribosomes and mitochondria increase. Mitosis takes place during the second stage of cell cycle, whereby the chromosomes firstly line up in the middle of cell. The chromosomes are then pulled to each side of the cell, and two nuclei form around the chromosomes. In the final stage of cell cycle, the membrane divides to form two genetically identical cells. A growth chart or a percentile chart can be used to track and assess the growth of an organism over time. If a child is in the 20th percentile at birth for their mass, this means they weigh more than 20% of all babies at that age, but 80% of babies weight more than them. If a baby is in the 89th percentile, the baby weighs more than 89% of the babies at that age, and 11% of babies weigh more than them. Percentile or growth charts can be used to monitor if a child is growing normally. If they are in the 99th percentile for head circumference, but the third percentile for height, this means the baby's head circumference is larger than 99% of other babies, but their height is less than 97% of babies, indicating dwarfism. Adult stem cells are formed in the bone marrow. Adult stem cells are undifferentiated cells without a function. Adult stem cells only differentiate into major organ cells. Adult stem cells can be used medically to replace damaged cells, and therefore repair damaged tissue. Embryonic stem cells are found in embryos. Embryonic stem cells are undifferentiated cells without a function. Embryonic stem cells differentiate into any cell. Embryonic stem cells can be used medically to replace damaged all cells, and therefore repair damaged any tissue. At the tip of shoots and roots there are three zones. The zone of cell division, which is where you find stem cells, which we also call the meristem which is where cell division takes place. The zone of elongation is where the cells get longer and grow. The zone of differentiation is where the cells become specialized, which means the cells now have a function. An example of a specialized cell in the root is the root hair cell. This information about binary fission is for AQA combined students only. Mitosis for edic cell will come after. Prokaryotes like bacteria have chromosomal, circular, DNA, plasmid DNA but no nucleus. Prokaryotes divide by binary fission and not by mitosis. During the first stage of bacterial cell division called binary fission, the bacteria's the chromosomal, circular, DNA and plasmid DNA replicate. The cells then grow and get bigger. The chromosomal, circular, DNA and plasmid DNA move to each pole of the cell. 
The cytoplasm then divides and a new cell walls forms. One strand of chromosomal, circular DNA is in each daughter cell. Variable numbers of plasmid DNA are in each daughter cell. Bacteria divide by binary fission, not by mitosis. If a bacterial cell has a mean division time of 30 minutes, that means the number of bacterial cells will, on average, double every 30 minutes. So if there is one bacterial cell, after 30 minutes there will be two bacterial cells. To calculate the number of cell divisions you divide the total time by the mean division time of the bacterial cell. So if the total division time is 120 minutes and the mean division time of the bacteria is 30 minutes, then number of cell divisions equals 120 equals 30 equals 4 cell divisions. To calculate the number of cells after 4 cell divisions multiply 2 by itself 4 times. Another way of representing 2 by 2 x 2 times 2 is 24. This last bit of information will explain how mitosis happens for Edexcel students only. During interphase, the DNA replicates and proteins are synthesized. The first phase of mitosis is prophase. During prophase, the nuclear membrane disappears, the spindle fibers form, and the chromosomes get thicker, condense. During metaphase, which is the second phase of mitosis, the chromosomes line up down the middle of the cell, and the spindle fibers bind the chromosomes. During anaphase, the spindle fibers pull the chromosomes to the poles of the cell. During telophase, the last stage of mitosis, two nuclear membranes form around the chromosomes. During cytokinesis, the membrane splits and reforms to form two daughter cells. GCSE Biology Audio, Central Nervous System and Neurons by kscience.com The human nervous system is made of the central nervous system, the brain and spinal cord and the peripheral nervous system, nerve cells, neurons, which carry information around the body. Nerve cells are known as neurons. Neurons are adapted to carry electrical impulses to different parts of the body. Light is the stimulus that is detected by the eye, which is a receptor. Sound is a stimulus detected by ears. The ears are the receptors. The tongue is a receptor that detects chemicals in food. The chemicals in the air is the stimulus and is detected by receptors in your nose. Pain, pressure receptors in the skin detect pressure, pain, which are the stimuli. Neurons have similar features, as well as adaptations which make them different. Common adaptations include, they all have a cell body with a nucleus. They all have dendrites which receive the electrical impulses and carry them towards the cell body. They all have axon terminals at the end of the neuron. Sensory neurons have a dendron in between the dendrites and the cell body, covered in myelin sheath. Sensory neurons also have an axon in between the cell body and the axon terminals. The electrical impulse moves from the dendrite to the axon terminals. When a receptor detects a stimulus, an electrical impulse is generated. The electrical impulse will travel down the sensory neuron of the reflex arc. The electrical impulse then reaches a synapse, which is a gap between two neurons. The electrical impulse doesn't cross the neuron, a neurotransmitter does. An electrical impulse is now generated in the relay neuron in the spinal cord. This electrical impulse is then transferred to the motor neuron which is connected to an effector. If the effector is a muscle, it will contract and cause a response. When an electrical impulse reaches the axon terminal, the end, of a neuron, a chemical called a neurotransmitter is released into the synapse. A synapse is a gap between two neurons. The neurotransmitter diffuses across the synapse from a high to low concentration. When the neurotransmitter reaches the next neuron, a new electrical impulse is generated. The electrical impulse then travels down the neuron away from the synapse. 
A myelin sheath is a fatty layer that insulates, not protects, a neuron. A myelin sheath increases the speed of electrical impulse transmission because by insulating the neuron less electrical energy is transferred to the surroundings from the neuron. A relay neuron has a cell body with many dendrites and axon terminals. A motor neuron has many dendrites, a cell body, an axon covered in myelin sheath and then lots of axon terminals. GCSE Biology Audio Genetics by kscience.com A person's genome is all their genetic material. A person's genome is found in every nucleus of every cell. The genome is contained within the DNA of the chromosomes in a person's nucleus. DNA is wrapped up tightly to form chromosomes. Genes are lengths of DNA that code for proteins. Our proteins make us look the way we do. If a gene is faulty, it is because there is a mutation in the DNA. A mutated gene will code for a protein that might not work properly. Faulty proteins can lead to diseases. The shape of DNA is a double helix. A double helix is two strands of DNA wrapped around each other. The DNA backbone is made from sugar and phosphate. Bases bond to the sugar in the DNA backbone. Bases bond with other bases by weak hydrogen bonds. The four bases are adenine, thymine, guanine, and cytosine. A complementary base pairs with T, and C complementary base pairs with G. A nucleotide is a monomer of DNA made from a phosphate, sugar and a base. The sugar is bonded to the phosphate, and the base is bonded to the sugar. Hydrogen bonds are formed due to the slightly positive charge on one base forming a hydrogen bond with the slightly negative charge on the other base. There are three hydrogen bonds between G and C, and two hydrogen bonds between A and T. Chromosomes are structures made of DNA. A gene is sections of DNA that codes for a sequence of amino acids. The amino acids fold to form proteins. So, a gene is a length of DNA that codes for amino acids that folds to form proteins. Alleles are different versions of the same gene. Some alleles are dominant, and some alleles are recessive. The allele someone has is their genotype. BB are the alleles that person has, so. BB is the person's genotype. The phenotype is the characteristic caused by the allele. It is the characteristic that we see. The phenotype for someone with the genotype BB is brown hair. Homozygous means the alleles a person has for the gene are the same. An example of homozygous alleles is BB. Heterozygous means the alleles a person has for the gene are different. An example of homozygous alleles is BB. B represents the allele for the phenotype brown eyes. B is the dominant allele. B represents the allele for the phenotype blue eyes. B is the recessive allele. For the blue eye phenotype to be expressed, the person needs two recessive alleles. For the brown eye phenotype to be expressed, the person needs one dominant allele. If two parents with brown eyes are both carrying the blue eye allele, their genotype will be BB. If both parents pass their recessive blue eye B allele to their offspring, then the offspring will have blue eyes. Males have the sex chromosomes XY whereas females have the sex chromosomes XX. A female's gamete can be X or X, whereas a male's gametes can be X or Y. A female can only pass on the X chromosome to her offspring. If the man passes on his Y chromosome, the child's genotype will be XY and will be a boy. If the man passes on his X chromosome, the child's genotype will be XX, will be a girl. The chance of a girl is 50%. The chance of a boy is 50%. P represents the allele for the phenotype polydactyly. P is the dominant allele. P represents the allele for the phenotype no polydactyly. 
P is the recessive allele. For the polydactyly phenotype to be expressed, the person needs one dominant allele. If one parent with two dominant P alleles has a child with a parent with two recessive P alleles, any child they have will have the genotype PP and will therefore have the disease. F represents the allele for the phenotype no cystic fibrosis. F is the dominant allele. F represents the allele for the phenotype cystic fibrosis. F is the recessive allele. For the cystic fibrosis phenotype to be expressed, the person needs two recessive alleles. For the healthy phenotype to be expressed, the person needs at least one dominant allele. If two parents without cystic fibrosis are both carrying the recessive allele, both their genotypes will be FF. If both parents pass their recessive F allele to their offspring, then the offspring will have cystic fibrosis. A pedigree chart can be used to track inherited genetic traits through a family. To identify a recessive linked disease, or phenotype, you must identify two parents without the phenotype who have a child with that phenotype. For example, if you see two parents with brown eyes, and the pedigree chart shows a child with blue eyes, we therefore know that the phenotype blue eyes is a recessive linked phenotype. If the DNA's base sequence changes, we call this a mutation. If a DNA base sequence mutates, this can lead to a different amino acid sequence. If the amino acid sequence changes, it can affect the shape of the protein it folds into. If the protein formed has a different shape, this will affect its function. A substitution mutation is when a base in a DNA sequence is substituted with another base. For example, part of the DNA should read AATTCG, but the substitution mutation changes the DNA base sequence to AATCCG. This will cause the transcribed mRNA sequence to be different which causes the amino acid polypeptide chain sequence to possibly change. An addition mutation is when a base is added to the DNA sequence. For example, part of the DNA should read TAATCG, but an addition mutation changes the DNA base sequence to TAAGCCG. This will cause the transcribed mRNA sequence to be different, which causes the amino acid polypeptide chain sequence to change. A deletion mutation is when a base is deleted from the DNA sequence. For example, part of the DNA should read TAATCG, but the deletion mutation changes the DNA base sequence to TACCG. This will cause the transcribed mRNA sequence to be different, which causes the amino acid polypeptide chain sequence to change. Sperm and egg cells are sex cells. Another word for sex cell is gametes. Fertilization is when the nucleus of the sperm and the nucleus of the egg fuse. A fertilized egg cell cell is called a zygote. A sperm is a haploid cell with one set of chromosomes. An egg is also a haploid cell with one set of chromosomes. A zygote is deployed because it has two sets of chromosomes. A zygote divides by mitosis to form an embryo. The cells of an embryo are deployed because they have two sets of chromosomes. Before the first cell division of meiosis, the DNA replicates. It forms two armed chromosomes. The chromosomes then line up in pairs down the middle. One of each two armed chromosomes then move to either side of the cell and the cells divide into two cells. Before the second cell division of meiosis, the two armed line up down the middle of the cell, and the chromosomes are pulled apart to form one-armed chromosomes. The two cells then divide to form four genetically different cells with one set of chromosomes. We call a cell with one set of chromosomes, haploid. In 1990, thousands of scientists from around the world started to sequence the human genome. This was called the Human Genome Project. By 2003, 
When it was completed, they located and sequenced over 20,000 genes. Many of these genes are related to genetic diseases. Knowing the sequence of the genes involved in diseases means we can genetically screen someone's DNA to check if they are carrying the allele for a disease. If they are carrying the faulty, or mutated, allele doctors can advise them to adapt their diet and lifestyle. Because it is genetic, the doctors will advise their family members to get genetically screened. Doctors can now make new drugs that are more effective for someone with that specific allele. Someone with AA genetic disorder will be checked more regularly to prevent early onset of the disease. Embryo screening will be offered to parents who have genetic disorders. This is to prevent any children they have from inheriting the faulty allele. GCSE Biology Audio Evolution by KScience.com Genetic variation is caused by the alleles inherited during sexual reproduction. Parents will have variation in their phenotype, which are the characteristics you see, due to the different genotypes they have, which are the alleles someone has. When two parents have a child, they pass on their alleles to their offspring, which causes variation in the offspring. Environmental variation is due to the impact of the surroundings on an organism's, and not the alleles the organism inherits from their parents. If a plant is no longer supplied with water, it will wilt, which will lead to a difference in its phenotype. Organisms within a species will show variation, which is a difference in characteristics. If the environment changes, then it is those individuals that are better adapted that will survive. Organisms that survive will have beneficial variation, beneficial alleles. The survivors will breed and pass their beneficial variation on, beneficial alleles, onto their offspring. The offspring should have the beneficial variation. This is called Darwin's theory of evolution by natural selection. Bacteria show genetic variation. Some have high resistance to antibiotics, some have a medium resistance to antibiotics, and others have low resistance to antibiotics. When you have a bacterial infection, the doctor will prescribe antibiotics, which kill the bacteria. However, if you don't finish the course of antibiotics, you might only kill the low and medium resistant bacteria, leaving the high resistance bacteria to breed. When the high resistance bacteria divide, they pass on the beneficial genetic variation and now all the bacteria have a high resistance to the antibiotic you were prescribed. This is how antibiotic resistance can take place. A population of one species lives in an area. Over many years a physical barrier separates the one population into two populations. Examples of a physical barrier can be a river or mountain. The two populations of the same species are now isolated. Due to natural selection, the two populations will then adapt to their surroundings. For example, if there is low-lying hard fruit bushes, those birds will not need large wings or large beaks. Instead, their beneficial variation passed on to their offspring will be smaller, sharper beaks and smaller wings, but stronger legs to run faster. The other population might evolve to have different beneficial variation. When there are enough differences in the two populations' phenotypes, we can say the two populations are no different species. This is speciation. Extinction is when no living individuals of a species remain. Fossil records found in the ground tell us extinct organisms existed. If an environment changes too quickly and is destroyed, this will destroy habitats of organisms that could lead to their extinction. An example is the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs. If a new predator is introduced, it can kill an entire species, which will cause the extinction of that species. A new disease can spread very quickly between organisms of a species and kill them all, which will cause the extinction of that species. A fossil of Ardiphothecus ramidus was found in Ethiopia in 4.4 million-year-old rock. This fossil was nicknamed Ardi.
Ardi had an ape-like big toe for climbing trees, and longer arms and shorter legs, which made Ardi appear more ape-like. However, the structure of the fossil suggested Ardi walked upright, which was more human-like. Ardi had a small ape-sized brain in a small skull. The fossils of Lucy, Australopithecus afarensis was found in Ethiopia in 3.2 million-year-old rock. Lucy had a more human-like big toe and more arched feet, which suggested Lucy was better adapted at walking upright than Ardi. Lucy's brain size was similar in size to an ape and not a human. Lucy's arms were shorter than Ardis and Lucy also had longer legs. The deeper the rock layer is beneath the surface, the older the rock layer tends to be. The nearer the rock layer is to the surface of the earth, the less old the rock layer tends to be. A way to date fossils found in rocks is to date the rock they are found in. If a fossil was found in 2 million year old rock, it can be assumed that the rock is 2 million years old. Any tools found in the same age of rock can also be assumed to be the same age as the rock. More complex tools are found in rock that is less old, and less complex. More simple tools are found in older rock. Older fossils are found in older rocks. GCSE Biology Audio, classification by kscience.com. Extinction is when no living individuals of a species remain. Fossil records found in the ground tell us extinct organisms existed. If an environment changes too quickly and is destroyed, this will destroy habitats of organisms that could lead to their extinction. An example is the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs. If a new predator is introduced, it can kill an entire species, which will cause the extinction of that species. A new disease can spread very quickly between organisms of a species and kill them all, which will cause the extinction of that species. Fossils are the remains of organisms from many years ago which are found in rocks. Decay is the breakdown of dead organic matter. Fossils can be formed by mineralization, which is when decayed organic matter is replaced with minerals to form a rock-like material. A cast fossil is when organisms decay in soft material and the material hardens to form a cast. Impression fossils can be formed by footprints pressed into soft ground, and the ground then hardens and the impression remains. Preserved remains are the remains of organic matter that did not decay. We haven't found all the fossils because most organic matter decays without forming a fossil. Most fossils aren't found because they are underground, and many fossils are destroyed by tectonic plate movement. The five kingdoms are plants, animals, protists, prokaryotes, fungi. The kingdoms with a nucleus are called eukaryotes. The kingdom without a nucleus are called prokaryotes. Protists, animals, plants, and plants all have a nucleus. Prokaryotes have no nucleus. Instead, they have plasmid DNA and chromosomal DNA. Fungi cell walls are made from chitin. Plant cell walls are made from cellulose. Bacteria have flexible cell walls. Animal cells have no cell wall. Plants make their own food, and we call them autotrophs. Fungi feed on dead organic material and we'll call them SA protrophs. Animals eat other organisms and we'll call them heterotrophs. The three domains are archaea, prokaryotes and eukaryotes. The eukaryotes have nuclei. The archaea and prokaryotes do not have nuclei. The first difference between archaea and prokaryotes is that archaea live in extreme conditions, but prokaryotes do not. Prokaryotes have no unused sections of DNA, whereas archaea do have unused segments of DNA. The four eukaryotic kingdoms are plants, animals, fungi, protists, which all have a nucleus. Evolutionary trees show scientists the common ancestors and relationships between different species. If an evolutionary tree shows two species with a more common ancestor, they will be more closely related. 
If it shows two species with a less common ancestor, they will be less closely related. More closely related species will have more common characteristics. Less closely related species will have fewer common characteristics. With modern technology, scientists can use DNA to show similarities between living organisms. Scientists use fossil records to show similarities between extinct species. The Linnean classification system classifies organisms based on their appearance. The Linnean classification groups in order are Kingdom, Phylum, Class, Order, Family, Genus, Species. The binomial naming system is the genus followed by the species. The genus is written with a first uppercase letter and the species is written with a first lowercase letter. GCSE Biology Audio, Selective Breeding and Biotechnology by kscience.com. Selective breeding is the process of humans breeding animals or plants based on the desired characteristics, so that their offspring are more likely to have those desired characteristics. The main steps in selective breeding for both animals and plants are 1. Select the desired characteristic. 2. Breed the parents with the desired characteristics. 3. Select the offspring with the best desired characteristics. 4. Repeat this process over many generations. Desired characteristics are chosen based on their usefulness or appearance, depending on whether it is for animals or plants. General desired characteristics in animals include 1. Chickens which lay large and or lots of eggs. 2. Can produce lots of meat, milk or fur, wool. 3. Domestic cats and dogs which are gentle. 4. Animals can be selected to not cause harm e.g. cattle without horns. General desired characteristics in plants include 1. Resistance to disease in food crops. 2. Wheat which can produce lots of grain. 3. Large and beautiful flowers. 4. Producing a larger amount or better quality food. Selective breeding causes future generations of selectively bred animals and plants to have very similar genes, decreasing genetic variation. Their gene pool is smaller as they have a smaller variety of different alleles within their population. This makes the selectively bred organisms more likely to potential diseases or inherited defects. Disadvantages of selective breeding include 1. Attack by specific insects or disease due to reduced genetic variation. 2. Genes which causes rare diseases can be accidentally selected e.g. a large percentage of Dalmatian dogs are deaf. 3. Physical problems in specific organisms. Genetic engineering is the transfer of a gene from one organism to another organism. Genetic engineering is the changing of the DNA in the genome of an organism. When people don't get enough vitamin A in the diet, they can go blind. People with a vitamin A deficiency can eat golden rice. Golden rice is made by removing the gene for beta-carotene from wheat or carrots. The beta-carotene gene is then inserted into the genome of rice. When you eat golden rice, the beta-carotene helps form vitamin A, hopefully preventing the onset of blindness. The bacterium Bacillus thuringiensis is a bacterium that secretes a toxin called the Bt toxin. It kills insect larvae that chew on leaves and ingest the Bt toxin. Organisms such as aphids, ladybirds and humans are not affected by the Bt toxin. To produce genetically modified plants that produce the Bt toxin, the Bt toxin gene is removed from the bacteria and inserted into the genome of the plant. The plants with the Bt toxin gene in their genome will now produce the Bt toxin. Any insect larvae that eat this plant will die. Farmers might still need to use pesticides because Bt toxin will not kill aphids. Farmers will however use less pesticides than before.
There are concerns that insects will become resistant to the Bt toxin, which means seeds with new Bt toxin genes will have to be produced. Long-term effects on humans are unknown. To genetically engineer insulin, you firstly identify the target gene. The target gene in this case is the gene that codes to produce the hormone insulin. You then use restriction enzymes, which cut the DNA of the target gene, exposing the sticky ends. Sticky ends are unpaired bases of DNA. You would now extract the plasmid DNA from the bacterial cell. You then use restriction enzymes which cut the DNA of the target gene, exposing the sticky ends. Sticky ends are unpaired bases of DNA. The enzyme ligase is used to join the sticky ends of the insulin gene and the sticky ends of the plasmid DNA. You have now formed a vector, which is used to transfer DNA from one organism to another. The gene is expressed, and the bacteria produces insulin. Plant crops have been genetically engineered to be disease-resistant or to produce bigger fruits. GCSE Biology Audio Non-Communable Diseases by KScience.com Non-communicable diseases are diseases such as heart disease, cancer, chronic respiratory disease, and diabetes. Non-communicable are diseases caused by lifestyle choices and or genetic diseases passed down from your parents. They do not spread by pathogens from person to person. Only communicable diseases spread by pathogens. Deficiency diseases are non-communicable diseases because they are not spread between people. A protein deficiency causes the disease kwashiorkor. The symptoms are a bloated abdomen and reduced growth. To prevent the onset of kwashiorkor, you should eat foods containing protein. A vitamin C deficiency causes the disease scurvy. The symptoms of the disease are bleeding gums. To prevent the onset of scurvy, you should eat citrus fruits, which contain vitamin C. A vitamin D deficiency causes the disease rickets, osteomalacia. The symptoms of the disease are soft bones and curved legs. To prevent rickets, you should eat calcium, which contains vitamin D. An iron deficiency causes the disease anemia. The symptoms of the disease are tiredness and smaller and fewer red blood cells. To prevent anemia, you should eat red meat, which contains iron. Carcinogens are chemicals in cigarettes that can cause cancer. If a black liquid called tar builds up in your lungs, you will be more prone to lung disease. If a female smokes, the chemicals can cross the placenta to the baby and can cause birth defects and premature births. Alcohol can cause liver damage caused by scarring of liver tissue, which we call cirrhosis. This means you can't produce enough bile and you can struggle to break down toxins. Alcohol impairs brain function, slowing reaction times and can lead to mental health problems. Alcohol can cross the placenta to the baby and cause birth defects and premature births, as well as miscarriage. The coronary artery supplies heart muscle cells with blood that carries oxygen and glucose for respiration so the heart muscle cells can contract. Substance from tobacco damages the lining of the coronary artery. If you eat too many fatty foods or foods high in cholesterol, a fatty plaque can build up on the lining of the artery wall. This fatty plaque narrows the artery so there is less space for blood to flow, which increases the blood pressure. A blood clot can form if the fatty plaque blocks the artery. This reduces blood flow to heart muscle cells, increases blood pressure, and can increase the chance of heart attack or stroke. A stent can be inserted into the coronary artery. The stent is widened, which then flattens the plaque and widens the artery. This increases blood flow to the heart muscle cells and reduces the chance of a heart attack or stroke. Increased bad cholesterol called LDL in the blood can cause fatty deposits to form in the coronary artery.
Increased fatty deposits in the coronary artery can lead to coronary heart disease or strokes. Statins are a drug that must be taken every day and they lower LDLs in the blood but can increase the good cholesterol called HDLs. Taking statins will lead to less LDLs and therefore less fatty deposits in the blood and therefore less chance of coronary heart disease. The effects of statins are not instant. They can cause headaches and liver or kidney failure. If someone loses blood it will be replaced with artificial blood which contains a saline solution. It is possible to survive with 33% of your red blood cells, but you need a blood transfusion as soon as possible. If you have heat failure, an option could be an artificial heart made of plastic and metal. An artificial heart won't be rejected by your immune system, whereas a real heart can be. However, you require drugs to thin the blood, and the mechanical heart can experience blood clots, and the motor can fail. If valves in a heart stiffen, they won't open and close properly. The valves can be biological valves from cows or pigs, or they can be man-made. They can clot. Tumors are formed by uncontrolled growth and division by mitosis. Carcinogens cause cancer. Examples of carcinogens are UV light from the sun, and chemicals in cigarettes that are smoked. Benign tumors are non-cancerous and they do not spread to other organs. Malignant tumors are cancerous, as they spread to other tissue and organs, and can form secondary tumors. BMI stands for body mass index. It is an indication of your overall health. To calculate your BMI, you measure your height in meters and measure your mass in kilograms. You then use the equation mass divided by height 2. If you are between 20 and 25 you have a normal BMI, between 25 and 30 and you are classified as overweight, and above 30 you are obese. It is not that accurate for bodybuilders and people with a lot of muscle as you can be classed as obese when you are in fact just very muscular. There are two types of diabetes, type 1 diabetes and type 2 diabetes. Type 1 diabetes is caused by the pancreas not being able to produce enough insulin. This causes there to be high blood glucose levels and has to be controlled by injecting insulin. Type 1 diabetes can be controlled by injecting insulin, controlling the diet, eating foods low in sugar, and doing physical activity, exercise. Type 2 diabetes is when their cells no longer respond to insulin produced by the pancreas. It can be controlled by eating less sugar and fat, and exercising. GCSE Biology Audio, Communicable Diseases by kscience.com Any microorganism or virus that causes a disease is called a pathogen. Examples of pathogens are some bacteria, all viruses, some fungi, and some protists. Pathogenic bacteria cause disease by producing toxins, which can damage or kill human cells. Viruses cause disease by injecting viral genetic material into host cells where new viruses can form. Cells full of virus will then burst, which we call cell lysis, and these viruses go on to infect other cells. Fungi can spread spores, which can grow to form multicellular hyphae, which can penetrate cracked skin on feet causing the disease athlete's foot. An example of a disease caused by a protist is malaria, which occurs when a mosquito transmits the protist into your blood while they feed. Protists will then cause red blood cells to burst, which makes you ill. A vector of a disease is anything that transfers the pathogen from one organism to another. Water is a vector because if you drink it you transfer the pathogen from the water into your body. Droplets in the air is a vector, because if a person with a viral infection sneezes or coughs, the droplets can be breathed in, and you can become infected. Food is a vector, because if you eat food with pathogens on, in it, you can ingest the pathogens and become ill. Vaccinations are given to people to initiate an immune response to a pathogen. 
Vaccinations can protect large populations of people if the whole population are vaccinated. Herd immunity is when an entire population has immunity to a pathogen. If a population has herd immunity the pathogen is therefore less likely to spread. You can control the spread of disease by controlling the vectors. To prevent the spread of malaria you can destroy mosquito breeding grounds. To prevent the spread of cholera you can sterilize drinking water. If someone is infected with the disease, they should isolate away from other people to prevent the spread of the pathogen from one person to another. Good hygiene is vital. Wash your hands, and if you sneeze, catch it, bin it, kill it. A condom prevents sperm entering the vagina. Condoms prevent both STIs. And pregnancy. They are 98% effective. A diaphragm is placed over the cervix and prevents sperm entering the uterus from the vagina. They do not prevent STI transmission, but they can prevent pregnancy. They are 92% effective. Condoms and the diaphragms are both barrier methods of contraception. The pill is a hormonal method of contraception and is 99% effective. This audio will first go through the diseases needed for AQA. If you are Edexcel, please skip to the part which introduces the communicable diseases you need to know for Edexcel. A virus is a pathogen because it causes disease. Viruses cause communicable diseases because they can be transferred from one person to another. HIV, measles, and TMV are examples of viral diseases. HIV is transferred through an exchange of fluids through sex or sharing needles. The virus affects immune system cells, and when the immune system fails, the person now has AIDS. They will then get a very common disease, like the flu, which will cause the person's death. Measles is a viral disease that causes a high temperature called a fever and red skin rashes. A doctor will not prescribe antibiotics to treat viral diseases because antibiotics only kill bacteria and not viruses. TMV is a viral disease that infects plants, and the vector is the soil or leaves. Salmonella and gonorrhea are diseases caused by the pathogen bacteria. These two diseases are communicable diseases because they are transmitted from one person to another. Gonorrhea is transmitted from one person to another via sex or direct sexual contact. The main symptoms of gonorrhea are pain when urinating or a yellow discharge from the penis or vagina. Salmonella's main vector is food. The symptoms of a salmonella infection are vomiting, diarrhea and fever. The bacteria produce toxins that damage human cells and tissue. To prevent gonorrhea transmission the man wears a condom. To prevent salmonella transmission you cook food thoroughly and vaccinate poultry against the salmonella bacteria. To treat both diseases, you will take antibiotics. A pathogen is a microorganism or virus that causes disease. Rose black spot is a disease that affects the rose plant. The pathogen that causes rose black spot is a fungus. The fungus pathogen is transmitted via wind or water and transmits the disease with direct contact. The symptoms are that the rose leaf has black spots on them. The leaves then turn yellow and fall off. Without leaves, the plant can't undergo photosynthesis and die. Malaria is caused by a pathogen called plasmodium which is a protist. The vector for the transmission of malaria are insects called mosquitoes. They feed on the blood of someone with malaria and transmit the protist to another person by feeding on them. To prevent malaria transmission you can use nets or destroy mosquito breeding grounds. To treat the symptoms such as fever, you can use anti-malarial drugs. Communicable diseases you need to know for Edexcel will now start. A virus is a pathogen because it causes disease. Viruses cause communicable diseases because they can be transferred from one person to another. Ebola is a disease caused by a pathogen called a virus. 
The virus can enter the body through cuts in the skin, in the air through the mouth or nose, or via sex. The Ebola virus causes internal bleeding in organs, and a hemorrhagic fever. HIV is transferred through an exchange of fluids through sex or sharing needles. The virus affects immune system cells, and when the immune system fails, the person now has AIDS. They will then get a very common disease, like the flu, which will cause the person's death. A doctor will not prescribe antibiotics to treat viral diseases because antibiotics only kill bacteria and not viruses. Cholera is a disease caused by the pathogens called bacteria. The main vector of bacteria that caused cholera is water. When you drink the water, you ingest the bacteria. Symptoms of cholera are diarrhea and a high fever. To treat cholera, you are given antibiotics as they kill bacteria and a salt and sugar solution. Tuberculosis is a disease caused by the pathogens called bacteria. The vector for tuberculosis is the mucus that a host will sneeze or cough. When this mucus is inhaled into the lungs, they become a host. The symptoms for tuberculosis is a high fever and blood-speckled mucus. To treat tuberculosis you are given antibiotics as they kill bacteria. A pathogen is a microorganism or virus that causes disease. The pathogen that causes cholera debac is a fungus. The symptoms are lesions, the leaves then turn black and fall off. Without leaves, the plant can't undergo photosynthesis and die. Malaria is caused by a pathogen called plasmodium which is a protist. The vector for the transmission of malaria are insects called mosquitoes. They feed on the blood of someone with malaria and transmit the protist to another person by feeding on them. To prevent malaria transmission you can use nets or destroy mosquito breeding grounds. To treat the symptoms such as fever, you can use anti-malarial drugs. GCSE Biology Audio, Immunity, Preventing Disease and Drugs by kscience.com Tears, mucus and saliva contain an enzyme called lysozymes. This is a chemical defense against pathogens. Lysozymes break down the cell walls of bacteria. The lining of the trachea contains two types of cells. Ciliated cells have hairs on them called cilia, and the goblet cells produce mucus. Pathogens and dust are trapped in the mucus, and the cilia sway the dust and pathogens up and out of trachea. This is a physical defense, not a chemical defense. The stomach contains an acid called hydrochloric acid. This acid kills pathogens. It is a chemical defense and not a physical defense. The skin is your first line of defense and prevents pathogens entering your blood. All the cells of the immune system are called white blood cells. White blood cells that produce antibodies and antitoxins are called lymphocytes, and the white blood cell that engulfs pathogens by phagocytosis is called a phagocyte. Phagocytes engulf and kill pathogens. Lymphocytes produce antitoxins and antibodies. Bacteria produce toxins that damage cells and tissue. To stop the effects of toxins, lymphocytes produce and secrete antitoxins, which neutralizes the toxins. Pathogens cause disease. Antigens are found on the surface of pathogens. A white blood cell called a lymphocyte will recognize the pathogen and produce antibodies that are specific to the antigen on the pathogen. The antibodies are secreted by a lymphocytes. The antibodies bind the antigens on the surface of the pathogen. The antibodies cause the pathogens to clump together as well as killing the pathogens. After an infection memory lymphocytes and antibodies that are specific to that pathogen remain in the blood. So during a secondary infection of the same pathogen, the memory lymphocytes produce antibodies more rapidly. The antibodies that have been produced by the memory lymphocytes bind the antigens of the pathogen and kill or destroy the pathogen before you get any symptoms. You now have immunity to that specific pathogen.
However, if the pathogen mutates, you will no longer be immune to that pathogen. A vaccination contains dead or inactive pathogens. The dead or inactive pathogen causes your lymphocytes to produce antibodies that will bind to the antigen on the pathogen. Memory lymphocytes remain in the blood, as do increased levels of antibodies. So if there is a secondary infection with an active or living form of the pathogen, your memory lymphocytes produce antibodies more quickly, so the pathogen is destroyed or killed without the host getting any symptoms. After a vaccination you are immune to the pathogen. After an infection memory lymphocytes and antibodies that are specific to that pathogen remain in the blood. So during a secondary infection of the same pathogen, the memory lymphocytes produce antibodies more rapidly. The antibodies that have been produced by the memory lymphocytes bind the antigens of the pathogen and kill or destroy the pathogen before you get any symptoms. You now have immunity to that specific pathogen. However, if the pathogen mutates, you will no longer be immune to that pathogen. Pros of vaccines is that vaccines have helped to control many diseases that were once common. Due to vaccines, polio and smallpox infections have fallen by over 99%. Outbreaks of disease called epidemics can be prevented by vaccinating large populations, which gives the population herd immunity. This means that fewer people are likely to catch the disease and pass it on to other people because they are immune to the disease. Cons of vaccines is that vaccines don't always work, sometimes they don't give you immunity. Some people can have very mild side effects due to the vaccine, but these side effects are very mild. Bad reactions to vaccines are so incredibly rare. Any risk posed by a vaccine is better than getting the disease. Drugs such as ibuprofen, paracetamol, and aspirin are known as painkillers. These drugs do not kill bacteria, instead they relieve pain. Antibiotics only kill bacteria, they do not destroy viruses. If you have an infection caused by bacteria, the antibiotic can bind onto the ribosomes of the bacteria, which stops it from producing proteins. This can kill the bacteria. Antibiotics can also bind onto the cell wall of a bacterial cell, which breaks it down. Breaking down the cell wall can also kill the bacteria. During preclinical trials, the drug is tested for toxicity on human cells. The, the drug is tested in two mammals for toxicity. If the drug shows no toxicity, then we can move on to clinical trials, where the drug is firstly given to humans in a very low dosage. The dosage is increased to see if there are side effects. If there are low levels of side effects, the drug is then tested on people with the disease. This is to determine if the drug cures the disease.